NBC. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. And welcome back to Under Review. I'm Greg. He's Steve. This is Tuesday, October the 9th, and we have regular season hockey to chat about and lots of Rangers activity. How's it going, Steve? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, regular season hockey has finally started, although we already have our first break, not playing for a whole week now. Um, but yeah, we played two games and we won both games. Um, I I don't I cannot remember the last time I was this excited for like regular season. Yeah, yeah I, would I, agree, would, I would agree with that, man. I think um, you know, so I I I went to the game um, on opening night, and my my initial thought leaving that building after that win, regardless of you know that first line, and we're going to talk about that in a bit. And the defense, and there's a lot of things to talk about in those two games. But my biggest takeaway is the energy level in that building right now is through the roof. Um, they really, you know, people are not just embracing the rebuild, but they're embracing this whole entire movement um, in a big way. So um, that's that's my biggest takeaway. And obviously, I you know uh, met up with Ryan Mead and saw. Our, all these people bowing down to him for the church of uh, the church of Capo Caco, which is kind of funny. Um, so that was a nice little interesting moment I had there. Um, Ryan's a great guy. So that was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, I just, my biggest takeaway is the energy level in that building, man. It was, it was through the roof. You know, aside from the, 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 the play on the ice, it's just that I think everyone is really embracing this. Um, and I, and what I mean by everyone is it's not just the young fans, it's the older fans, it's the, the middle of the road fans. It's, it's literally everyone I walked into, whether they're 90 years old or whether they're, you know, 20 years old, they all are super excited about these young kids. Yeah. And, and it's, it's something the Rangers haven't had in a long time. Uh, I mean, when was the last time we had this many young players to get excited about and, and. I think from what I've seen during the three preseason games I, w- I went to at NSG a few weeks ago um, is that the audience in general is just younger, more energetic, and it's a completely different vibe. I went to the 25th anniversary game in February where we uh, played Carolina Hurricanes, and it was quiet. You know, the, the garden, you know, the whole ceremony before the game where they had uh, uh, John Davidson and all the 1994 players. That was amazing. But once the game started, it just, it's like, it's like the garden died. And my first game at Madison Square Garden like three years ago, I didn't really have, I don't have memories of fans going absolutely crazy. But the preseason games I went to, yes. And from what I've heard from, from the home opener against the Winnipeg Jets, it's the same, it's, I, I've heard the same, the same stories. You know, the fans are, are like, are full of energy. They're supporting their team and not just watching their team. And I think that's the biggest difference this season compared to the last few years. Yeah, and I think it's the it's it's honestly it's it's everything that um, that Gordon and Quinn and Davidson have done of uh, just building up, um, you know, this this pipeline of kids. Of uh, there's just so much talent, you know, up and down the lineup. 
And obviously, there's still a ton of talent in Hartford, and we'll talk about it in a second. But um, it's just exciting. It really is. Like I, I can't I remember, remember the last that. time I was excited for this Ranger team like I like I am right now. Um, I would say, aside from when the Rangers were, you know, were, were hot in you know 2014. I mean, obviously that that that's a whole other different kind of uh, feeling. But I can't remember the last time I was pumped up to watch these kids play and not even care if they win or lose, but just to watch them develop. Yeah, and 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 having Zibanejad. Zibanejad has been on fire these two games. Four goals, four assists. Um, I think he's only the second Ranger to do it since Rod Gilbert. I think I saw something like that on the broadcast. I haven't checked it myself, but either way, it's it's something we haven't really seen. And I have I cannot remember ever seeing a player getting off to such a hot start for the Rangers. I've seen other players do it in the league, but it was never a Ranger who did this. You know, a couple of years ago, there was Patrick Kane who had a point in like the first 13 games of the season. I remember that. Um, I remember last season, Connor McDavid, who was involved in the first 12 goals his team scored. So he had either a goal or an assist on the first 12 goals of the season. Having Zibanejad get four goals and four assists in two games and Panarin uh, um adding points and Buchnevich with three assists in the uh, Senators game on Saturday. That top line has been absolutely on fire. It's just a shame that the other three lines are a bit, you know, are, are, are still in preseason mode, so to speak. Um, but, but that top line and then have, having Adam Fox and Jacob Truba on defense, it's just, it's, it's very exciting to watch. There's a, there's a lot to be excited about for Ranger fans and, and I, I really hope that, um, that, that they keep this up. And they don't even have to win every game, as long as the games are entertaining to watch. I have to, I have to, I have to sit here at 1 a.m. to see the puck drop. If I'm going to stay up until 3.30 a.m., I want to be entertained. I would much rather see them lose 6-5 than win 1-0 in, in overtime with a, with a shit goal. I mean it. I want to be entertained. Okay, fair enough. Um, as far as, uh, Zibanejad and that first line is concerned, um, I, you know, I think last year we saw the emergence of Mika Zibanejad and I think now we're starting to see the eliteness of Mika Zibanejad is that he's not just a good player. He is an elite player in the league. And I don't, I don't think that's a, I'm not backing down on that horse anymore. He is an elite player. Um, I think the problem was, is that he never had an elite playmaker and finisher with him like he does with, you know, uh, Artemi Panarin. So adding Artemi Panarin to his, uh, you know, on his flank is really going to change everything for him. I, I mean, I think we're finally going to see a, not just a, 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 a breakout year, but a monster year. I mean, I, it would not surprise me if he puts up, you know, 40 goals and 50 assists. That is not unreal, un, unrealistic for him. Um, yeah, Zibanejad had 74, I think, last season. That was without Panarin. Yeah, so why can't he have 90 with Panarin? Yeah, I know it's not always that easy to uh, to predict points, but I mean they're off to a good start, and and I know there will be games where they will not have where they won't score, and maybe there will be a stretch where Panarin and Zibanejad go without a point for two three games. I just I hope fans will not will not not panic when that happens because nobody, not even McDavid, uh, 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 gets a point every game. You know there will be games where the production isn't there. But in general, if overall they, they, they are point-per-game players, 
then I'm just very excited. I, I, I don't think I've seen a point-per-game player on the Rangers in, uh, since Jager. Yeah. And, and here's another thing to add to this, too. So you made a good point about, the, um, about their production in that first line. So my, my biggest – so now we're getting into the game itself. One thing that is a little – I wouldn't say alarming, but like you know, if you're looking at this team in, like, let's say, a playoff mode or let, let's say you want them to make the playoffs – the problem is that first line is so electric, so dynamic, and so you know potent that the the drop off after that first line is so dramatic. So they really can't get you know any production out of that second line. Unfortunately for Capo Caco, that that's you know and Chris Kreider, that's unfortunate because they got Ryan Strom in the middle and he was just he's just not that good. He's not he's not going to be a playmaker for them. He's not going to be a good centerman for them. So. You know, you're kind of, I don't want to say wasting Kreider and Kako, but you kind of are. And then the third line's been okay, and the fourth line's been bad. So, um, really, they're just living and dying with that first line. Now, what happens when they start playing some good teams that recognize, okay, we need to shut down that first line and focus just on that first line. And then let, let the second, third, and fourth beat us. And the problem is, I don't see that second, third, and fourth line beating some good teams. No, and, and there are some glaring holes still in our lineup, especially at forward. Well, on defense as well, actually. But um, Oh, that's a whole other mess. The, the, the defense, I mean, I love Adam Fox. It's, I've been very skeptical about, about him making the team. or Maybe not skeptical, I was cautious. Um, but he's been, he's been better than, much better than I anticipated. So that's a good thing. Uh, D'Angelo is still on the team. Jacob Truba has been great the first two games. Truba's been fantastic, man. I can't even... I have not one negative thing to say about Jacob Truba. But, you know, it has only been two games. Um, Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, Uh, of course. Let's just enjoy it while it lasts and and just hope they can keep it up for for a little longer. And And the thing is, if finally that second line gets going... Where you have Kreider and Kako on the wing, um, then and and that first line keeps producing at like a goal a game, mm-hmm. hopefully. Um, all of a sudden, you have a top six that that can get you somewhere. Maybe not to the playoffs, but it can get you further than where you were last season. I just think we need to, we the 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 center the center position needs to be figured out after Mika's advantage. It's just. It's such a significant drop off after him. Yeah, and and I, I hate to say it, but I don't think anyone in the organization at the moment is good enough to be the second line center behind Zibanejad. I would have no problem like trying Anderson there for now. No, no, of course, yeah, try what that looks like. You know, try Hedl, try Anderson, try something because it has. It's clear that Strom's not working. Strom centering the second line is not working. Which is fine. I put Strom in the bottom six, and he's a useful player. Right. I don't think I don't think having three point one million on the books for a guy in the bottom six is necessarily a good thing. But that's a whole different story. If you have someone uh, um, between Kako and Kravtsov, uh, um, you know, who's a little bit younger, has a little bit more energy, maybe who can maybe has the ability to keep up. With Kreider and Kako, because I think that's Strom's biggest issue. Uh, he's just not—he's just not fast enough mentally to keep up with Kako and Kravtsov. 
Yeah, uh, and would, and would, it would also be nice to have a, a centerman with Kako and 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 um and Kreider who brings a little something different. Somebody who, who will go retrieve some pucks, some guys who will yeah. you know try to win 50-50 battles. A guy who will and Kako does it anyways. But it would be nice to have a centerman that does that too. You know, a centerman who who forechecks well like Anderson does. So those mm-hmm. little things I think might be able to be very beneficial for. A playmaker like Kako and a uh, you know and, and, a, and a you know a very good player in um, in Chris Kreider. So Kreider, yeah, I, yeah. I, sorry, I, I, I try Anderson there. Yeah, sorry, I've been saying Kraftoff instead of Kreider. I was talking about Kreider, of course. That's fine. That's um, okay. You need a center between Kreider and Kako um, that that can actually make them make them better than 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 what they are now. And Kako has all the talent in the world. He's going to be great this season. I'm not worried at all. Um, it'll come. The the plays are there. When he's on the power play, I mean, I love watching him. I don't even I don't even watch Panarin or Zibanejad. I just watch Kako on the power play because he's so smart. You know, he he holds on to the puck. He he gets the puck back to the point, back to the blue line, instead of losing it and having the opponent clear the puck out of the zone. His can we, can we talk about that that for that that power play one for a second? My goodness. Oh yeah, the for the power play. Oh, um, I think, I think I want to marry that power play. That's that's how much in love with it I am. They're it's, gonna make they're gonna make some teams pay all year. Yes, and even even at even strength, um, that that's that I think it was the second Zabanajak goal against Ottawa, where Fox had to stretch pass to Panarin. Yeah, the 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 bank shot off the um, off the boards, right? Yeah, who then played it to Zibanejad, who passed it to Buchnevich, back to Zibanejad, and in the goal. And it's, I was watching, and I was like, "Did I just? Did I just see that?" Yeah, that did was I, that might I, be the prettiest did, goal I've seen in years. Did I just see the New York Rangers score a goal like that? I was shocked. It was, and even Zibanejad couldn't believe it. The camera zooms in on his face, and and that's gift worthy. I mean, that's that's just amazing. He's like, what? Did that really happen? And yeah. everyone, I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone who was watching at home was thinking the same thing. Well, I, my, I'll be honest. My first thought was, Boots, you better shoot that puck. And then he passed it again. I was like, oh, why did you do that? Okay, never mind. <laughs> and as Ranger fans, we know what it's like to see players pass the puck one too many times. Yeah. yeah. It, it has been the biggest problem on this team, aside from defense. Uh, offensively, it's been one of the biggest problems on this team that we always had the, the players who would go for the pass. Yeah. Like Zuccarello, you know, God love him, but if he would shoot like 10, 15% more of the time, he could probably hit 70 points. But, he but, did, but on, on, the other side, on the other side for Buchnevich, I mean, he is a heck of a passer, so I kind of didn't mind it. No, 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 and it worked out. It was It, it, it turned into... Potential goal of the season. I know it's only game two, but like I said, I, I I cannot remember the last time I saw the New York Rangers score a goal like that. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I'm trying to think now. When's the last time I seen a, a highlight real goal like that? With just you know, with 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 precision passing. I'm trying to think the last time I saw something like that. I yeah. has to be. I mean, you know, I'm almost a decade ago. Maybe I can't remember because. The one player that, 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 that I'm thinking about is Derek Brassard because his passing was just super. You know, he could, he could make passes that no one even expected. But it was never like this tic-tac-toe play. 
you know, no, that no. has you that has you sitting at home thinking, what did I just watch? So maybe maybe we have to go back to Yager or maybe even before that. I don't know. I, it's 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 definitely my favorite goal of the decade. And I think we got to start giving some some major kudos on uh, not just that play, but you know, and, and this is why when we talk about defensemen, why I want defensemen who are able to handle the puck because this is the kind of thing you get. You get you know, um, you know, breakout passes like this, you get your outlet pass looks like that. And you start to, you're moving the game so fast because when your defenseman is able to make a great outlet pass like that, it just makes the game that much faster. Yes. And, and, and this is, this is why uh, offensive defensemen, or I, I refer to them as two way defensemen because they still are good at defense um, are so vital to your game. Um, Niels Lundqvist, who still plays in Sweden, does the same thing. He has these stretch passes, like, like on the money, that he, he, he shifts play from behind his own net to the other blue line in like a second. And the thing with two-way defensemen is, you know, um, as long as they have the puck, the opponent cannot score. Yeah, I, I mean, me, me and you have talked about that at length, too. Yes, and it's something that they could put on, on you know, they, they, can, they can frame it and hang it on a wall. But if, if you have the puck, your opponent cannot score. That's, that's, that's basically it. And if you have Adam Fox and Anthony D'Angelo and, and hopefully soon Nils Lundqvist on the right side, who can all do that, who are, who, who are good defensively, you know, who have good gap control, who, who can push an opponent off the puck and on top of that, are able to handle the puck the way Adam Fox did against the Senators. I mean, that's 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 what you need. You know, the the, the league is changing, and you need defensemen who can who can actually set up your forwards instead of having a forward uh, skate all the way back to pick up the puck. Uh, trans the transition game is going to be vital to us, hopefully winning a cup in the next few years. I agree a hundred percent. Speaking of Tony D'Angelo, what are your thoughts on the first two games with him? Because I thought he was, he was pretty bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not too hard on him because I know that he uh, that he missed training camp. Um, of course, because he did not sign the offer he was given in the first place. But we've been over this over the last few years. It happened with Michael Delzado. It happened with Brendan Dubinsky. It happened with Derek Stepan. They missed training camp and they need like a week or two or three you know, to get in, to get into it, you know, to, to get, um, to, to get those, those like, connections with the players again. I'm not, I'm not too worried about the angel. He didn't have to, he didn't have a good game against, against Winnipeg against Ottawa. I think it was slightly better, uh, but it'll improve. Um, I'm just, I'm just happy he's on the team because he is, he's a very talented defenseman and I hate losing him for nothing. Um, and yeah, um, you know, it's just it's it's like with Lemieux. Lemieux hasn't been as visible as you would expect him to be, uh, from what we have seen after the trade deadline last season. But it'll come. You know, we just have to be patient. This week they have been practicing every day. They didn't have a game, but they practice every day. I expect improvements when we play again on. Is it Saturday? Saturday, yes. Uh, I expect to see improvements from both D'Angelo and Lemieux. Uh, in those games, um, one player we won't be seeing in that game, by the way, 
is uh, Namesnikov. Right, because he was traded the other day. He was traded to the Ottawa Senators for uh, a fourth-round pick in 2021. And Nick Ebert, uh, minor league player, uh, I think that was just, I don't think they were targeting Nick Ebert. It's just that a player had to come back, you know, so they didn't. It, it offsets the number of contracts on, on, on both teams. Uh, yeah, essentially, essentially, it's Nemesnikov for a fourth. And basically, Nemesnikov for a fourth, yes. Um, and I spoke to some people on Twitter, and they asked me, oh, well, why do they make the trade now? Why didn't they do this in the offseason? And, and I started looking at Ottawa Senators and, and you know, their transactions and what they've been doing. And it turns out that the exact same day, they called up Vitaly Abramov from uh, the Miners. He's a Russian winger that was drafted by the Columbus Blue Jackets that uh, came to Ottawa in the Duchesne trade. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you call up a young Russian player, Vladimir Mesnikov is a very valuable person to have in your organization. He, he grew up in North America. His dad played, for, uh, his dad played in the NHL. Uh, actually played for the Vancouver Canucks the year they lost to the Rangers in a Stanley Cup final, um, together with the father of Ty Ronning, by the way. Um, so Vladimir Mesnikov grew up in North America, which can really help uh, this young kid, Abramov, adapt to you know what is expected of him. So I, I understand from Ottawa's standpoint why they made the trade now and not in the offseason. Uh, for the Rangers, they just offloaded a bottom six player they didn't really have a need for anymore. Um, uh, and, and they generated some cap space. And yeah, I mean, essentially that's what they did it for, is they did it for, yeah, they got a fourth round pick and, yeah. you know, got, and freed up some cap space. Uh, and and uh, the cap space they generated, they, they retained 750K, so the, uh, the cap space they generated was 3.25 million. Um, I, I don't, I, I'm not even sure if we're going to spend that on someone else, if we're going to use that for someone else. Uh, I, it would, it would be, it would not be unlikely if we just go in, go through the season with this cap space and use it for a potential performance bonus. If a guy like Kako hits some performance bonuses, his cap hit goes up. And if we if we can pay that off with the cap space we have now, it doesn't carry over to next season. So that might be a reason why why they are not looking for a player that makes a little bit more money. Maybe they just call up Hedo or Kravtsov. Uh, yeah, or, 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 or maybe down the road, what they do is they maybe they look to absorb absorb a contract down the road to try to get some more assets. Um, yeah, they, they could they could actually do that at the deadline. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like. In February, they could turn around and say, we've got some cap space and maybe we can absorb one of your contracts so that you can make a trade. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just interesting to see what's going to happen. But um, Nemesnikov going out the door was going to happen sooner or later. I don't think anyone's surprised about that. Um, the no, re- I'm not. I'm not. I'm not no, nobody. Even, even Vlad himself is not surprised. No. The return, I said a few weeks ago, I expected a return similar to Jimmy Vesey. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Vesey got a third-round pick. Namesnikov got a fourth-round pick. If Ottawa sucks the way they've done the last few years, it's basically a high third-round pick. Yep, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, this opens up a spot for maybe Greg McKegg, who is already on the team. Right. 
or God forbid, Michael <laughs> Hayden. <laughs> yeah, that would um, that would be a disaster. Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to call up anyone just yet. I mean, Hilo and Kraftsoft were sent down like a, a week ago um, when the team was announced. Um, Kraftsoft was uh, a healthy scratch in the second game of the season in Hartford. I don't think that's necessarily something to worry about. Uh, I think they just want both Hilo and Kraftsoft to work on their game in Hartford, get a little bit better in, in like the, the small things. Um, but I do expect a call up for both of them later in the season, maybe November, December. Um, but I don't expect them to make the team in the next few weeks. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that as well. So, uh, moving forward then. So let's, let's start thinking about this, this team and, and, you know, obviously the schedule, you know, it, it sucks. I mean, everybody kind of knows that. The, the, the Rangers really got the, the short end of the stick with this, the schedule making in the beginning of the season. It, it's, not, it's not inducive for trying to, you know, see what your team is going to look like in, in a couple of months. It's kind of, you know, very, very choppy like that. And I'm not, not a fan of how that schedule is laid out. But no. having said that, uh, two games is a small sample size. Um, is there anything on this team... We talk about some things we were impressed with. We talk about some things that we were um, we'd like to see improved upon, or some 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 downsides. What are your thoughts on possibly where this? You know, it's like I said, small sample size. But do you think this team is a is a is a, a team that can fight for a playoff spot? I think they can fight for a playoff spot if everyone, if everyone stays healthy, but I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, this team is one injury away from being a lottery team again. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely right, and I think that's the scary part. Is you know, if if Panarin or Zibanejad were ever to miss, like let's say a month or something like that, you're not making the playoffs now. It doesn't even have to be Panarin or Zibanejad. If it's Butchnevich or Kreider, or if it's um, uh, Brady Shea, who's no Brady Shea has been a bit disappointing. Uh, I think we can all agree on that. But if Brady Shea go, is, is out for three months with an injury. Who's going to play on the left side of defense? Right. Who, who, do, you, who do you have left? There's, I mean, Stahl, Hayek, and, and Gip Smith. Yeah, that, that's, that's scary to think about that. I, I, I do want to touch on, on Shea for a second, actually. So I think, I think you know, there are well, a lot of Raider fans Raiders. out there who are really upset at, at Brady Shea and his, and his play. And I think maybe we just need to, you know, think about Brady Shea as the player, you know. And I think maybe our expectations of him may be a little too high. I think we all thinking he's going to be this elite, like number one defenseman. I I don't I, I didn't see that in him even like two years ago. So, but that doesn't mean that he's not a solid player and can't contribute and can't be you know somebody on your second pair that's going to really give you good minutes. And for that value of what we're paying him, I'm fine with that. Yeah, and, and maybe the expectations are so high for Brady Shea because we don't have a better defenseman on the left side. He is, he is being pushed into a role that he's just not uh, uh, fit for. I it's, agree. I agree 100% on that one. And that's, that's not his fault. Uh, it's just the, 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 it's, it's like um, uh, Chris Kreider now playing behind Panarin. I expect Chris Kreider to have probably the best season of his career so far. Because he's playing on the second line. And for, for years, he was, he was the first line winger. And, um, you know, he's a good player. But playing against the league's top opposition, 
um, he just he struggled at times. You know, the, 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 there were stretches where he was just invisible. Yep. And now being on the second line behind Panarin, I think he will get the matchups that where he can really dominate and and for for long stretches of time. If he get if if he gets a sentiment that can help him out. Of course, of course. Everything depends on who's going to be the second line center. Um, right. But I, we don't know. I mean, will it be Howden? Will it be Hedl? Will it be Anderson? We don't know. Um, yeah. Will it and, be somebody who's not even who's not even in the picture yet? I know. I saw someone on Twitter suggest we trade for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, I, I don't know, but um, it's 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 a trade that would make the Rangers better down the middle. Um, because at the moment, I think we have three third line uh, centers, at best. Yeah. Uh, so, so having said that, let's just let's just touch on that for a second. So now that Vlad is gone, uh, I think in terms of trade, do you think Ryan Strom is the next uh, domino to drop? Because I I think he is. Um, I guess it depends on how how much. Uh, the front office value shooting percentage. Mm, yeah, that's true. Um, and from what I've seen so far, it looks like they really do not care about shooting percentage. They just they just don't care. They're like, oh, he scored this many goals last season. Let's put him on the second line. You know, right. Uh, and I know this has been this has been beaten to death over the last few months, but. It has been an issue with with Ryan Strom and the writings on the wall. When you shoot twenty two percent on the season, you're not going to be able to keep that up. Not even Ovechkin, not even not even Ovechkin, who's the best goal scorer in the league, has a shooting percentage close to twenty two. I think he hovers around fifteen every season. Yeah, no, that's that's completely true, and I think I think that that's the that was my my glaring thing about Strom last year is yeah he looked good. But it's like there was a lot of luck there too. So it's like, yeah, what happens if you take more shots? You're probably not gonna score more goals. Just saying, it's probably gonna your shooting percentage, your shooting percentage is gonna drop drastically. So, having said that, I just don't think he's gonna have the same season like he did last year, um, with the amount of shots he takes. So, yeah, yeah, and and, and it's it's like I said, it's the glaring hole. Who are we gonna put there? I have no idea. I would have I would have liked to see Heedle there and just give it and just give the kid a shot, but obviously the decision was to put him in Hartford on the first line. Um, that is what it is. Um, nothing we can do about that now. Um, well, it's on the roster. I'd I'd love to see Anderson there. To be fair, Heedle didn't really deserve a roster spot based on his preseason. No, I don't think he had a good. I don't think he had a good preseason. But I would have liked to see him start the season there and give him a shot, and then if he still struggled, send him down. I would have liked to try him in the beginning of the season. I would have, I would have ate the preseason as, you know, just getting used to training camp and getting in shape and getting ready for the season. And I would have given him, you know, a dozen games, at, you know, on the second line and just seen what it looked like. And if he still struggled, I'd say, okay, I'm going to put you in Hartford for the, you know, and then let you play there. Yeah, but he struggled in preseason. But that doesn't mean that he's going to struggle, you know, out the gate either. Uh, no, no, it doesn't. But uh, if you if you struggle in preseason, chances of you doing well in regular season are not that great. Uh, uh, maybe I would have I would have just given him a shot. I I think I think the best I think the best chance. I think he's the most talented player that that we could have put there in that second line. I would have just let it work. Just just give it a shot. You never know. 
maybe comes out the gate hot. Maybe he, you know, feels good. And, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, let's just wipe that preseason away. You know, my, my, my biggest issue uh, has been um, the fact that Howden was basically guaranteed a spot on the roster anyway. Um, if you look at the players on the team, you know, guys like Panarin, Kreider, Zibanejad, Truba, they only play two preseason games because management knows they're going to be on the team. Right. You, know who, you know who also played only two preseason games? Red Houghton. Right, right. And yes, there are also players who played two preseason games and didn't make the team, like Tarmori Yunanen. But if you play only two games in the preseason and then make the team, to me, management already had you penciled in anyway. Yeah, I mean, there's a little, maybe there's a little favoritism there. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but to be fair, I thought he played well in that first game um, against Winnipeg, so. Yeah, um, uh, you know. And he, wasn't, he, he wasn't bad, you know. He wasn't, he wasn't glaringly bad, so. Scored a goal in the first game of the season, so that helps. Yeah, that does. But he, even, even outside from the goal, like, he played well. I didn't think he was bad. So, but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I um, yeah, I'm, you know, and, and, and on defense, um, yeah, you know, the right side looks good. The left side is still awful. Um, the, what, were your, what, were your, what were your thoughts on, um, on stall? First two games. Look, aside from him scoring that Stefan Matto like goal. He he was he was okay defensively, I guess, but maybe it's because my expectations of Mark Stahl were at an all-time low. I'll say this: he, I, I expect him to fall to fall on his on his on on his butt every, like every time, and when he doesn't, I'm already impressed. I'll say he 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 he's okay. Um, my only and and I mean that in like a positive sense, like he's not bad, but he's not great. The thing is that's very glaring about him is I think he's slower than he's ever been, and, and I didn't think that could be possible. I mean, he just looks like he's, looking like he's, sta- he's skating in, in, in place. Yeah, and, and, and at some point, we'll, we, 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 will, we will get to the point where he's going to skate with one of those chairs, you know? Or... Yeah, it's, it's his skating is the only thing that's really, you know, because actually, like, his stick work, his positioning, all of that's fine. He's just, yeah. he's, he's just not made for the, he just can't, he can't keep up with the speed of today's game. He just can't. I mean, it's fine. He had a good career, but it's it's time to it's time to hang it up. Yeah, it's not going to happen though. But I mean, who would walk away from millions? Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Me neither. Um, and as far as Smith being that uh, being on the forward on the fourth line, um, I understand why the Rangers are doing it. I, I get it because. There's no, there's none of these young kids they, they trust on the penalty kill. I mean, so I understand that. So they're like, well, let's just keep Smith because he can kill a penalty. So I, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's kind of scary in the same, in the same breath. It's like, well, then what do we really think of this defense? I don't know. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a, it's a hodgepodge right now. There's still some, it's, it's a mixed bag of, of, of something. Some things look great. Some things look really bad. Some things are okay. Yeah, but to me, then you have players on the team for the wrong reasons, and yeah, it's like it's like Michael Haley being on the team. I still don't understand how Michael Haley earned a contract in preseason. I I, I don't get it. It's, every time I think 
you know, this front office has has it figured out. You know, they've they're finally getting it. They finally realize it's 2019. Every time I reach that point, they, they do something stupid like sign Michael Haley. I know I don't I don't get the Haley signing either. Um I I don't want to sit here at nauseam and complain about it because I'll be here forever. But yes, I don't understand that either. I think it's I think it's absolutely fucking stupid. And he's probably a great guy. I mean, I met Tanner Glass in New York. He was a, he was an awful player, but when I met him, he was a great guy. It's it's not that I don't like Michael Haley as a person. I just don't think he adds anything to the team. He doesn't add anything that we are sorely lacking. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you know, they 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 signed him because you know he he fought three times in preseason. That's it. Yeah, that's just fucking stupid. It's like this outdated, you know, way of thinking, and it's gonna be another decade or two before before that's finally out of the out of the league. And I don't have a problem with physical play or with players fighting. I just want players who fight to also add something on the ice. Yeah, yeah. Me and you are in the same breath. I just don't want. I don't want guys out there who really are just basically like. You know, you're going to play shorthanded with them. I mean, that's basically it. You know, like when they're on the ice offensively, it's just you're playing shorthanded. And even defensively, they can't play. All they have to do is one thing is just throw a punch. And it's like, eh, not really. Like, can you do something else, man? Can you make a defensive play? Can you, yeah. I don't know, can you make a pass? Can you actually put the puck in? Can you actually get the puck to the net? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that, that's, that's, what we, that's what we were missing with guys like Daryl Poe and, and, and Aaron Ashim and, and Tanner Glass and, and now Michael Haley. You know, just get a guy like you know, Tom Wilson. Everyone hates him. But, you know, he brings more than just a physical edge. He, he adds some, 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 some points. You know, uh, Wayne Wayne Simmons before he Wayne, fell about- Wayne Sim Wayne Simmons is a is a perfect example. I love Wayne Simmons. Yes. I hate when I play against him, but I love watching him play. Yeah, exactly, because he adds more than just the physical aspect. Uh, but we can talk about this for hours. It's it's yeah. it's not going to change. Michael Haley is on the team. What are we going to do? It is nothing. what it is. You just fucking deal with it, man. So it is what it is. Booney yeah, Evans, yeah. who I'm not not even a big fan of is in Hartford for some reason, and Michael Haley is on the team. That makes no sense. Yeah, Buniev is a better player than Haley, period. Yes, and Buniev will give you options. You know, you can play him on the left wing, you can play him at center. Again, he's, he's, uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Buniev. He's not, he's not a great player, but he's still better than Michael Haley. He's a good, good fourth-line, 13th-forward option. Yes, yes, much better than Haley. Yeah, much, uh, better. much, much better. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to change. Haley's on the team. It is what it is. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, there's nothing we can, nothing we can do about that. The Rangers did make another signing this week, though. I don't know if you heard this, um, but they signed a second round pick in 2019, Matthew Robertson, to an entry level contract. Yeah, that was done today, actually. Which um, is uh, weird. Um, yeah, I don't yeah, even I don't even know what to say. I'm just like. That's cool. I don't know why. The timing of it is kind of is kind of weird. The timing is off because it makes no sense. And I've had people ask me, do they do this because then the contract can slide? I'm like, yeah, yeah, technically it can. If they start the contract now, it can slide twice. But they can also just sign him next year and have it kick in on July 1st and have it slide once, and you have the same effect. 
Um, they, they aren't doing it to have him play on an amateur tryout at the end of the season in Hartford because you can do that without an entry-level contract. Ty Ronning did it in 2017. Um, there's, there's, no, there's no reason, there's no specific reason why they would sign him now other than, you know, getting the kid on a contract and giving him a, his signing bonus. That's yes. And nothing else changes. Nothing changes. Um, but, you know, happy for the kid. He gets his 92K for a signing bonus for the first year today. Uh, so he can go out partying for the week. There you go. Um, uh, and- speak, speaking of the kids, we should probably touch on the fact that Vitaly Krasov was a scratch the other day. Uh, yes. Uh, he was scratched for the second game in Hartford. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's your take on it? Before I jump in. Um, I, some people are, you know, up in arms about it. I'm like, the way I look at it is there's probably some personal reason for it. And if there's a personal reason for it, fine, whatever. It's not the end of the world, guys. Like, it's really not. Um, yeah, and, and it's, it's, it, isn't, it isn't the end of the world. It's one game. Um, it was a back-to-back so maybe they maybe they didn't want to want him to play two games in two days on uh, in the AHL, which is a new league for him. Who knows? Well, uh, Car- Car- Carpinello said that it was more because of personal reasons. Yeah, um, maybe they expect more of him. Um, I don't think it was necessarily rotation. I think it was more that they you know they want him to focus on certain aspects of his game because as talented as he is, um, he's not there yet. He, yeah, or, or maybe he is just he's super pissed that he didn't make the team and they're and, like just look, fucking deal with it. He he's nineteen years old. Uh, I'm, I I would I would be annoyed if he wasn't pissed for not making the team. Yeah. But but but, but then, then again, I'm also the guy who was who was happy that Leas Anderson threw his silver medal away. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But like I said, I'm not I'm not that concerned with it. I mean, it's look. If you're talking, if he's if he keeps getting scratched and and, and or demoted and on the, then becomes a bigger issue. He's scratched for a game or so. Whatever. It's it's um it's not something that I'm gonna throw up in arms about. It's because the development for him in Hartford is not just his game on the ice, but it's also his development towards North American hockey, towards professional hockey over here in the states. So I'm not that concerned. He's 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 gonna learn. You know, he's got a lot to learn in terms of just how the game is here. Maybe how to be a little. You know, you know, he, he might have the maturity on the ice, but maybe his maturity is is a little different off there. I don't know, guys. I'm not. You know, I'm not the coaches. I'm not the staff. I don't interact with him like that. I have no idea. But if these are the issues that he was scratched for a game, that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. As long as the kid. As long as you tell the kid why. You say, listen. You're being scratched today because you missed practice. You're being scratched today because you threw a tantrum about not tantrum. You got you got upset about being here, not being with the big squad, and just not just dealing with it like 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 a professional. Whatever, that's fine. If these are the reasons, and he gets it, and he moves on, and he develops from it and learns, who cares? Yeah, as long as the player knows, I I I, I sort of agree with that. Uh, we as fans want to know everything. We're not going to know everything. Um, there will be there will be instances where, you know, we we will just not hear the details, and the Rangers uh, are just not an organization that 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 share a lot of this inside information, um, not to the fans, not even to reporters. So I don't expect us to to find out what exactly happened, 
Um, but I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to next weekend. You know, see see if he plays and see how he does. Maybe maybe he took it to heart and and you know comes out flying. Who knows? Uh, the yeah. kid is nine. The kid is nineteen. Uh, I understand. Like I said, I understand, and I'm kind of happy that he's disappointed. You know, show the emotion, but then work towards getting there. You know, you have a goal. Now, now go out and get it. Uh, right. The only thing that we need to keep in mind is that Kravtsov, like Jorkin, has a European assignment clause that he can trigger at any time. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, personally, from from my experience talking to him, uh, from my experience talking to his dad, who, who, who I met, I, I don't think he's he's going to give up and go back to Russia anytime soon. If he's in Hartford for two, three months, maybe, maybe he'll think about it. But he seems determined, you know, to 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 make to make a name for himself here. I say here, but you know what I mean in North yeah. America. Um, so I'm not too worried about it, but it is something I wanted to point out. He does have a European assignment clause that he can trigger at any time. If he does, he goes back to the KHL, plays with <coughs> who own uh, his rights, which is the reason why they refuse to let him go early. Uh, if you remember this from last season, there was talk about Kravtsov maybe signing his entry-level contract earlier, but uh, his team in Russia refused to uh, let him go. Because if they would have, they would also have lost his KHL rights. So that's why they why they didn't let him go. Same with Shestjorkin. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm not worried about Kravtsov. He will get over it. He's very talented. He has a head on straight. Um, I, I, th- I, think, I think he's going to make the team by the end of November. That's, that's my prediction. That would be interesting that means we might be able to see him no because we will see him at the start of november oh that's right that wow that's coming up a lot sooner than i thought i thought for for a second i thought our um our game was at the end of november that's right it's november 2nd right buddy i'm seeing you in three weeks that's right oh crap i totally forgot you know what it is because I, i i just came back from new york so i'm thinking i've got like two months i'm like wait a second the season just started Right, yeah, you're right, because the game's in the beginning of November. I'm so glad you reminded me about that. I was counting down. I'm in 21 days, I'm flying to New York, and then you know, get a hotel and pick up uh, uh, pick up someone in New York, and then the next morning we fly through to Nashville. So yeah, I totally I'm forgot about that. Down. I'm counting down three weeks, 21 days. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. I wonder. I wonder where the team, what the team's going to look like by the time we get there. Um, well, I mean, who knows? Um, uh, if you would have told me three days ago that Nemestikov would be traded to Ottawa, I wouldn't have believed you. So, yeah, it's true. That's a good point. Uh, anything is possible. Uh, maybe we'll have some injuries that cause some call ups. Uh, who knows? Yeah, that's that's very true. We don't know. Uh, so, so to to wrap to wrap up the first two games, I, I think I I've been impressed with the offense. I said all year. I mean, you know, leading up to the the, the season. Um, especially once they got Panarin, once they made the trade for um, for Truba, <clears throat> once they you know made the trade for Ott Fox and he signed on board, and they got the you know and Capocacco was on board and all this stuff, and I'm saying to myself like they're just they're building some good young weapons here. That first line is going to be dynamic. They can finally got they, they got some some offense on the on on the blue line. They're going to put up points, especially that first line. 
It would not surprise me, honestly, if that first line puts up 250-plus points. Wouldn't shock oh, me. Oh, that's a lot of points. It wouldn't shock me, though. Would that, not shock me. That's like that's like that's that's eighty points per 80, 80 to eighty five points per player. That includes Correct. Which, Correct. Who, I don't know. Well, man. That, that, I'm 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 putting I'm putting I'm putting Panarin at a hundred. I'm putting and I'm putting a Zibanejad at close to ninety. Okay. Okay. So then, which never only has to get seventy. Yeah. I think that's. I don't think that's unrealistic. I don't think that's. I don't think that's a far stretch. Um, no, I mean, but look, for this to happen, uh, that first line has to be, uh, has to be performing the way they are for the, for the majority of the season. That, that's correct. Meaning that like, and, and that's just to say that they, that, that basically this Ranger team becomes a one line team, which I think it basically is. Um, it is, it is. But the question is, is that one line good enough to you know, uh, get it like you said, two hundred and sixty points. I said two fifty. I said two fifty. Oh, so two fifty. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I was off by ten points. Uh, no. I'm, well, hey, hey, hey. I'm a, I'm already making a spicy a spicy take. So I mean, give me you a know, break. if I, I will take that bet, I will I will take the under on that one. That's fine. The under is actually, I mean, like the under on two fifty. <laughs> Is actually probably the the you know you're not going to get too much value there because it's probably going to happen. I'm just saying that it's not. It would surprise me if they hit 250. I wouldn't be like, whoa, this is crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's who knows. Uh, it would be fun though. I mean, we're looking at potentially the best Rangers line in in a decade, the best line since the Yager line. Yeah. Um, that's why that's why it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, if Panarin puts up 100 and Zibanejad puts up 90, you're at a buck 90 already. So you're expecting 70 or even in the high 60s from, you know, uh, Ooch, which is, I mean, as long as he's on that line passing the puck to them, he's going to get assist. That's my thing is I think Buchnevis just by osmosis is going to pick up points because he's, he's, he's paired with them. And well, I, like, I, I, think, I think Panarin and Zibanejad are going to be the driving force of that line. So whether it's, whether it's um, Capo Caco or Pavel Buchnevich, that the person, the other line mate is going to put up, is going to probably get 60-something points just because they're on that line. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not unlikely. Um, oh, oh, sorry. Now, it, it's a long it's shot, but I'm saying it, it wouldn't surprise me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying it's, it's not impossible. It's 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 just not it's just not probable. That's the thing. No, no. I mean it's uh it's it's a daring it's a daring take. Put it that it way. Is. I think I think more realistically is probably in the low two twenties or you know something like that for that line. Yeah, yeah. I'm just because that's like that's like eighty, eighty, sixty, fifty. I mean that that's probably you know like just cracking two hundred, maybe two twenty ish, like around there, you know. Yeah, that the, low two, that two to two twenty range is probably where they're gonna, where they're gonna. I mean, if every, if they, if they all play every game, um, that line will probably fall between two hundred and two twenty. If things go really well, they could push two fifty. Um, yeah, you know, but to talking about this more and more, I'm just, I just get more excited about actually when the second line breaks out, when they finally, you know, start to produce because. Kreider and Kako, like you said, you know, all they need is a center that's capable. Uh, you, don't need, you don't need a superstar. No, um, you don't. But yeah. Um, I, and I think if the Rangers, were, if the Rangers are going to do anything this year, 
that's going to be the critical point is can the second, third and fourth lines produce well? Can they can they take the burden off of when the the bread and butter line doesn't have a, a good night? That's going to be the thing. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, I, I guess we'll find out. But it brings me to a question I wanted to ask you. If none of the three youngsters is ready to be a second-line center, would you consider trading for one? I would see where we are in February. I think I'd leave the door open. I mean, I'll put it to you this way. If, we're in, if, 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 if February comes around and the first line is dominating, the defense is, is coming around, and, and, you know, with Truba's playing well, Fox is coming into his own, Hayek is playing well, you know, Shea has a, a good bounce back here. If all of these things are happening and the first line's playing well, and I think, hey, you know what? Maybe we're, we're, we're a center away from cracking the playoffs. And it's got to be a center that makes sense. Like, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go and get a player that's older and just going to, you know, eat up contracts. I'm not doing that. It's got to be a guy that I think would fit for the timeline and mm-hmm. fit. It's got to fit. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to do it for no reason. Yeah. But, but. Having said that, I think it's a very fair question. I think it's something that could happen. I, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I think a lot of things are up in the air. I think having that $3 million in cap space is going to be huge because if we need to get somebody, we can. Um, you know, in terms of fitting in with the cap with, with what goes back the other way. Um, there's a lot of things kind of in play here. Um, it has to be the right player, the right situation. But I'm, I'm not against the idea. I'm really not. It's just got to be the right situation. I'm not going to take the team backwards for it. Like, I'm not going to get rid of young players for it. I'm not going to take some of these young players and put them in Hartford just so we can make the play. I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not ruining development for a player. But if you're telling me, hey, you know, we can get a player to put on the second line and we're still playing with Heedle, Anderson, and Krabstock on this team, sure, let's, 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 let's see what that looks like. So would you... Um... Would you consider trading someone like Brady Shea for a second-line center, then? Maybe. Depending on the center. I got a maybe instead of a no, so that's, that's good. That's uh, maybe. interesting. interesting. Maybe. Uh, it, depends, it depends on the center that's coming back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe. I'm only saying that because of the depth I think we eventually are going to get. We've, 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 we've drafted so many defensemen that I'm super high on that Brady Shea is sort of now expendable to me? Not yet. Where, not, where two too, years ago he wasn't. You know what I mean? It's too early to call him expendable. but with... well, What I mean by that is expendable might be the wrong word, but what I'm saying is I can – On his I way out. Comfortable, I would be comfortable trading him because of the pipeline we we're building. I yeah. would be more – now, two years ago I would have said no, no, no fucking way am I trading him because I don't have anything to replace him down the road. Yeah. Or I don't even know if I have something to replace him now. Um, but having said that, too, it's also got to make sense. Like, I'm not going to trade him just to trade him. It's got to make sense. I, I have to get a piece back that is going to make sense for this team moving forward. It has to make sense. So if you want to think of some ideas that we can pitch around, sure. But the player coming back has to make sense. All right. So the, the player that I saw mentioned on Twitter, then, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Now, him for Brady Shea, I don't know if I don't think I'd do that. Okay. What what is what is what does RNH have left on his contract? Uh, I think it's two years at six million. So uh, they're roughly a wash contract wise. 
Yeah. Um, I'd have to dig deep into uh, into into his analytics and take a look. I want to I want to look at Hopkins' analytics and see how he's been playing. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's he he had he had sixty nine points that last season. I'm sorry. Uh, last that was la- that was last year. Last year, yeah. I, how many how many goals did he have? Uh, twenty eight goals, forty one assists. How many of those assists were primary assists? Uh, I don't know. I'm just looking at his cap friendly. Uh, oh, okay. All right. It, it, I mean, I would honestly, I'd probably want to take a deeper dive into him. Whether I'd realize, like, you know, I'd I'd like to see something. I'd like to see some of his analytic numbers. I want to see how many of those assists were primary assists. Um, who is who is who's his line mate? Um, well, I think uh, I have to check. Hold on. Um, but I think if, if Edmonton has been splitting up McDavid and Drysaddle lately. Um, so Drysaddle so, on is on is on his line. No, no, no. I think they're they're, they're both uh, centering like the first and second line with Nugent Hopkins on the third line sometimes. Oh, so he's not even playing top six minutes. But according to Daily Faceoff, at the moment um, his line mates are Thomas Yurko and James Neal. James Neal's been really good, man. Yeah, yeah. James Neal reminds me of Pat Maroon. You know, he goes to Edmonton and puts up career numbers. I wonder yeah. why. Uh, um, I don't know. He, like I said, I think we'd have to look at his analytics a little bit. And, yeah. um, you know, honestly, this, this is the kind of stuff that, like, you know, our buddy Drew and, like, some other guys can just kind of give us some information. On. I don't know. I'd have to really dig deep into the numbers to figure out whether I'd want to make a deal like that. But, I mean, I'd probably aim. Well, how old is is is, is Hopkins, by the way? Uh, well, he was drafted in 2011, I think. So, so he's roughly as a bandage as age. He's like 26. Yeah, um, that makes it okay. okay. For me. Um, I'd like to get someone younger if I could, but I'm not. You've brought up a decent deal. I, I just have to find out whether the analytics make sense for me. Well, I got you to think about it, so that's something. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and these are the kind of things I think that, like, I mean, you're asking good questions. I mean, I, I, would I want to put him on the second line? Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Would he be an upgrade over Ryan Strom? Oh, fuck yeah. That's an easy yes, okay. Yeah, I mean, like, that's not even a debate. He be you. You put him on this team. He's he's automatically the second best center we have. If we if we do acquire Ryan Nugent Hopkins, it's another first, uh, another former first overall pick. Uh, the Rangers acquire. Do you know who the last one was? The Rangers acquired. Oh, let's see. No, number one, uh, first round pick or first overall? First overall. So who was the last first former first overall pick the Rangers acquired? Hmm. Now it's got to be. Is it? Is it via any any method? Any method. Trade. Any method. Let's think about that. Um, I'm gonna good. say. I'm gonna say. Hold on, let me think. Um, five seconds, because you know it shouldn't take too long. Yeah, Lindros. I mean. What is up with I? I asked this question to some other people, and they also said Lindros. Do people forget about Rick Nash? Oh shit! Wow, I told wow, fuck, fuck me. I'll tell you, it's not Rick Nash either. Oh shit! Okay, because we traded for Rick Nash in the summer of 2012, but in okay, so 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 someone after Rick Nash, post Rick Nash, let's see, 2013. 
Um, yep. It's a defenseman. And we claimed him off waivers from the Washington Capitals. And you're not going to get it. No, I'm not. Go ahead. And it's Roman Hammerlick. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I love this. I, 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 should, I, should, I, should, I should be a quiz master or something. You should. You come up with weird things like that. Who would have who got that answer, dude? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, you I know wonder- what's funny? I'm, I'm, I'm like so many first rounders are popping into my mind. I'm like, no, that, that guy, he didn't go first overall. He didn't go first overall. <laughs> nope, nope. Um, like I'm thinking of all the players. We, were, we actually acquired a lot of first round players. But I'm like, who went first overall? Like, that's really hard. I'm like, oh, no, we didn't go first overall. We actually have back-to-back first-round picks from the 2011 draft on the team right now in Mika Zibanejad and Ryan Strom. Ah, interesting. Europe and pick. then if we, got, if we got Hopkins, we'd have three. Well, Hopkins will be first. I think Strom was fifth overall and Zibanejad sixth overall. So. Well, I'm just saying that we'd have three players from that, from that draft. Yes, yes. So that's kind of interesting. You know, um, that's one way of building your team. You you don't have to get them through your own draft picks, of course. Right. Yeah. Um, but, are there any other centers that you would think about that would make sense that are in another another team system that you would say, ah, sure. I mean, that would make sense on the Rangers for a second line center. I would have to think about that for a second. Um, that's a good one. Nazem Kadri. Not bad, but. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of players that we can actually afford without giving up the farm, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know who came to mind, but, like, obviously you're not getting him now is, like, you know, like a, like a Ryan O'Reilly comes to mind. Oh, Ryan O'Reilly we cannot afford. No, I know. But, I mean, like, that's the guy who, yeah. you know, back in the day when I was thinking, oh, I want a second-line center, that's who always came to my, my mind. Um, but uh, Nazem Kadri has, uh, including this season, three seasons left at $4.5 million. Whoa, that's a steal. It's not bad. No, that's a heck. I didn't know he. I thought he made a lot more than that. That actually makes it very tasty. But he was just traded to Colorado, so I don't. Ah, uh, no, he Colorado ain't, tra- ain't trading him. So there goes that. They they're not trading. Um, yeah, you got to move. You you really got to look for a team that's looking to like unload a player because they're a, they're a bubble team or because they're trying to get a draft pick. So, okay, bubble team. If you say bubble team, the first team I always think about is Minnesota. Do they have any centers that I want? <sighs> wow. No, probably not. No, pro- no probably not. Uh, unless you want Eric Stahlbeck. No. no. Uh, Victor, Victor Rask. No. Okay. No. Um, Joel Erickson Eck. Yes. No, definitely not. No, no. Um, Let's see who else. Uh, maybe Nashville. Oh, Nashville, maybe. Maybe. Calturus. Nah. 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 You know, one player that's on Nashville that I would love, absolutely love to have on this team? Mm. Granlund. Why? Mikko Granlund. Why? I think he would be a perfect second-line center behind the manager. Okay. Okay. Uh, he signed for one more year at five point seven million. He's twenty seven years old. Yeah, but I, I don't. I, I wouldn't want to make a trade for someone with one year left. It's I just, want someone with some term on it. It just, means, it just means they're cheap. 
Uh, yeah. We have Kreider coming off the books. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not. Like I said, if you're looking for a second line center, then obviously you're. You're. You know, the other thing too is that if you're going to do that, you get you. Sh- you got to sign Chris Kreider to an extension this year too, because I'm not going to do that and then trade Kreider because now I'm fucking going. I'm going sideways. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing you got to think about when you think about this stuff too. Like, I'm okay doing this if you're saying, "Hey, we believe in Chris Kreider. We're going to extend him. Fine." And you say there's a second line center out there in the market you think you can get that makes sense for the, the the next five six years of this franchise. Great, let's let's look at it. But if not, then no, then you don't do it. That's why I said it has to make sense. I'm not just gonna go get a. I'm not gonna go get any second line center and center and just plug them in for for the sake of trying to make a run and then like then being like oh we missed it and then like now we gotta lose Kreider for nothing because we thought we were playoff team. No, that's stupid. You're gonna re- you're gonna sign Kreider long term. Fine. And you say this team is a player like. Let's say let's say February rolls around. We've signed Kreider long term. We're you know I don't know. We're we're in the playoffs. Maybe we're second in the division or something. Sure. And and there's a team out there that wants to give you a second line center for you know something. Sure. We can debate that. Mm-hmm. Then it, may, it it like there's so many variables there to you know. It's not just like it's not a very easy decision. There's there's, there's a lot of contextual things you got to think about. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think there are, there are centers that are really, I mean, that we could both afford and would be a good fit. Um, yeah, because you know, I, I I was looking at Paul Stastny, but he's already thirty three, so that's not happening. Oh, yeah. I mean, you you probably have to go with someone younger and hope for a similar trade like we did for Zabanajad, maybe like. Christian Dvorak of Arizona, but I don't you know, know what? Honestly, like like a, a Mika Zibanejad type trade is exactly the one I would make. But that's those, the one those, those aren't those are those are, those aren't like out there all the time. All right, all right. So uh, just one final question before we probably should uh, should end it: um, Zibanejad Brassard trade or Gomez McDonough trade? Which one is the best trade in Rangers history? I'm gonna go with the Zibanejad trade, actually. No, in history, it's 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 probably the Mark Messier trade, honestly. All right, sorry. Okay, so so sorry. Salary cap era. Let's 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 do that. Then. I mean, I would say the last you know fifteen twenty years, the best trade they've made has probably been it's probably been the Zemanajet trade. And you can you can argue that one maybe the Yager trade. I mean, we got we got Yager for like nothing. Yeah, was he what, like Anson Carter or something? something like that. Yeah, it was a it was a joke of a trade. So okay. Um, oh, but um, salary cap era is probably does a Banajet trade then? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's it's that good of a trade. Um, and and I, I think it is a better trade than than the McDonough trade. The the, the good part about the McDonough trade was that nobody wanted Gomez, and we found someone to take Gomez. Yeah. That's the good part about it. There's 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 a trade. Looked like a good deal and turned out to be a blockbuster deal. That's what it was. It turned out you were like, oh, we're going to trade like, you know, a good center for like a good center. And we turned out to a good center for an elite center. It's like, oh, that doesn't work out. That doesn't happen that often. Okay. So what is the worst trade in Rangers history then? <laughs> uh, uh, Zubov. That's pretty bad. <laughs> Zubov and Nedved? Was it just. The 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 Zubov the Zubov trade in general it was um what was it now um, I think it was Zubov and Nedved for Robitaille and Samuelson. 
trying to remember what it was. Um, it was Zubat. It was Zubov and Nedved. But what did they fucking trade for him? I forgot. I think it was, was Robitaille and Samuelson, and then like a right, year- right, right. It was Luke Robitaille, and it was um. Oh, Samuelson. Oh, Samuelson and Luke Robitaille went to the Rangers, and Nedved and Zubov went to Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, and then I, about two years later, they got Nedved back in a trade where they sent Kovalev to the Penguins. I just said that. Let's just stop talking about that. All right, all right. Because <laughs> that is fucking awful. Look, uh, we won the cup in 94, and, and then that's when everything went to hell. Yeah. I think it's still crazy that we, uh, that we got Peter Nedved as uh, compensation for losing Mike Keenan. Yeah. Oh, I mean, compensation and arbitration was so different in those days. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, uh, do you have anything else to add before we uh, end this? Nah, I think we look. We've covered what we want. It's it's two games into the season. I'm just I'm just excited. Hockey's back, and I'm really pissed off that I have to wait almost a week for more hockey. Um. Yeah. What What's today? Wednesday. We're airing this on Thursday. It's only two days. Yeah, but, but well, you know, I mean, it feels like, it feels like a freaking week to me, dude. I I got to catch up on some sleep. That's that's not underestimate that. Yeah, I actually need to. I, I probably need to catch up on some sleep too because I got very little sleep while I was up in New York for the last five days. Mm-hmm. I got maybe like three, four hours sometimes a night. It was horrible. So I need. I have some serious sleep to catch up on. So agreed. But but yeah, excited. You know, let's let let's see what happens this weekend. And I think I think after after Saturday's game, they have another break for another couple of days, right? Uh, let me let me check. Let me check. I think they don't play again until like Thursday or some crazy thing. Oh yeah, we play the Oilers on Saturday, and then we play the Devils on Thursday. So that's yeah, another- that's just yeah another four days off or whatever. Like who, whoever made this schedule should be like slapped in the face. It's, it's it's like an NFL schedule. Yeah, yeah. This the season is going to take three years. <laughs> so crazy. All right, well let's wrap this up. Um, good chatting. Um, I had I had fun at the garden. That was pretty dope. Um, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens this weekend with uh, against Edmonton, and we'll yeah. we'll chat some more next week. And you know, I'll see you in a couple weeks. All right, I guess we'll have the uh, the Edmonton game recap next week because that's the only thing happening in the next. Yeah, ba- basically, unless something else happens. Yeah. All right. All right. Take care, guys. All right. All right.